Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hi! Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. I am Steven Serta. Smitty's Garage Burger and Beer. Text line 913 576 7610. Text in your lineup questions. I will answer those all throughout the show. It's week 13. A lot of us are down to one matchup that's going to decide the fate of the world and our fantasy football seasons. I know uh, if you're in any leagues that have gotten like a lot of mine this year, a lot of them are neck and neck. Everybody's dealing with injuries. Everybody's dealing with COVID and the pandemic. And that means that you have to win today to get in. You still got a chance. You just got to win. That's what we're here for. We're going to try to help you win. We're trying to make sure everybody gets into the fantasy postseason this year. So let's do it. Let's get to the matchups. Spread the field. The New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. You know how much I hate Sean Payton and Taysom Hill. This is a decent matchup, however. The Falcons' defense has actually been a lot better recently, though, uh, really since they fired Dan Quinn. Uh, So it's a good matchup. You saw what Taysom Hill did to the Falcons a couple of weeks ago. You know, he was that was when you could still put him in your tight end spot. He was good for a couple of touchdowns. Uh, I'm not expecting that this time because, you know, there there was no tape on Taysom Hill. Now we've got two games of tape. Uh, We know for a fact Taysom Hill can't throw the football. He's not good at that at all. So. I don't have a lot of faith in Taysom Hill. He did lock in on Michael Thomas last time. Michael Thomas saw over 50% of their targets. He did barely throw the ball, but he threw it at Michael Thomas 12 times. So I I think that Michael Thomas is probably still a safe play here. Um, He's going to get all the volume. I I don't really trust any other Saints pass catcher. I'm not going as deep as Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Jared Cook's not involved in the offense whatsoever. Then there's Alvin Kamara. Now, I told you guys last week, I was worried about Alvin Kamara because we saw in that first game against the Falcons, Kamara, who'd been kind of banged up, dealing with several different minor injuries, saw less than 50% of the snaps. Then last week, the Saints played the Denver Broncos in a uh, practice squad wide receiver as a quarterback. And, you know, it was basically a bye week. They, They were in control of that game the entire time. And so Latavius Murray went nuts. Latavius Murray saw saw a bunch of carries. He had over 100 yards. He had two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara did see like 11 touches, but he's still not involved in the passing game at all, which is going to continue to be a problem as long as Taysom Hill is the starter. 
It's super frustrating for fantasy owners because, like I said, some of you are on the brink of making the playoffs and you need your stud Alvin Kamara to perform. I think that you have to still put him in your lineup. I I, I think that Latavius Murray is still going to have some value. He could be an option this week. But I, I do think that Sean Payton gets genuine enjoyment out of ruining all of our fantasy lineups. I have to believe that they're going to get Alvin Kamara involved in the offense. And, and as I mentioned, the Falcons actually have a good run defense. So this isn't a game where I think you're just going to see Latavius Murray ju- just pounding the football up the middle. I think they've got to get creative here and they got to get Alvin Kamara involved. So put him back in your lineup. I'm benching all Atlanta Falcons running backs. It doesn't matter if Todd Gurley plays, and it seems likely that he is going to play. Saints run defense is elite. I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, I do love Calvin Ridley, though. Uh, He has a much higher ceiling if Julio Jones plays, and it sounds like Julio is going to be good to go, according to Adam Schefter. So that's also huge because we've seen in the past, this Falcons offense just is not the same if... Julio Jones is not in the lineup, so I need Julio in my in my league where I am vying for the playoffs. I need to win. I need a couple other people to lose. I need some magic to happen. I need Julio Jones to show up today. So put him in your lineup if he is good to go. Calvin Ridley obviously going to be in my lineup. Uh, he, he's been absolutely fantastic, uh, but obviously it, it helps things a lot if Julio is good to go here. Hayden Hurst had a zero catch game the last time he saw the Saints. I'm avoiding Hayden Hurst. I don't trust him at all. I understand the tight end landscape is awful, so you might not have a choice, but I'd rather avoid him. Um, And Matt Ryan, if Julio's good to go, Matt Ryan can be in my lineup, but I I, I think that there's some better options out there if you don't trust Matt Ryan. The Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. DeAndre Swift was finally coming into his own. But then he was dealing with the concussion. He cleared the protocol, but now he's doubtful because he's been sick all week. Uh, So obviously DeAndre Swift can't go here. Uh, I don't trust Adrian Peterson, even though he's coming off the big performance on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'd rather not put him in my lineup against a very strong Bears defense. And I don't see how you can really trust Matthew Stafford. He's been terrible this season. Uh, They just cut Marvin Hall for whatever reason because they said they wanted to give the young guys looks. Uh, Kenny Galladay still not healthy. Marvin Jones has done absolutely nothing. I think the only Detroit Lion you can start this week in a brutal matchup is TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson scored a touchdown against this team earlier this year. And it's the one part of the Bears pass defense that you can exploit a little bit is that tight end matchup. So I do like TJ Hawkinson. I'm avoiding everybody else for the Detroit Lions today. Mitch Trubisky's getting the start for the Bears. I think Mitch can be in your lineup today. He's a guy that, you know, in season long, if you're vying for a postseason, you don't want to put your playoff hopes in the hands of Mitch Trubisky. But Mitch Trubisky does have some high upside here. Uh, the the Lions secondary is absolutely terrible. First round pick Jeff Okuda is not going to play this week. Uh, they're terrible against a run uh, as well. Just all, all around a bad defense. And Mitch has carved up the Lions throughout his career. Surprisingly, like there's not many teams uh, you can say, yes, we get carved up by Mitch Trubisky, but the Lions can can honestly say that. So Mitch Trubisky's got some upside here. Um, Allen Robinson was added to the injury report on Friday with a knee injury. Uh, it's super concerning that he got hurt so late in the week, but it sounds like he's going to be able to play today. It sounds like he's going to be good to go. Um, 
He had a big game last week with Mitch as the quarterback. He's going to get all the volume. I think Allen Robinson still has to be in your lineup. I just hope that that knee injury isn't that serious. Um, and I actually kind of like Darnell Mooney. I think he's interesting here with Jeff Okuda out. Uh, Mooney's getting enough targets to be a dart throw. Um, but he he's also kind of banged up and dealing with some injuries. But uh, he he's a he's he's a deep dart throw in uh, DFS if you want to uh, if you want to get off the uh, chalk play of Allen Robinson. And I love David Montgomery here. He's coming off a huge game against the, the Green Bay Packers. He was the best player besides Allen Robinson last week. The Lions are bottom five against opposing rushers. I absolutely love David Montgomery this week. The Cleveland Browns at the Tennessee Titans. I don't hate Baker Mayfield again this week. You've been able to pass on the Titans all year, and they're going to have to score. This actually, this game has playoff implications between the Browns and Titans. It's a a massive uh, NFL week 13 game. And so Baker's going to have to step up here. They're going to have to put up points against a very good Titans team. And so they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit. I don't think they're just going to be able to, you know, run the ball 40 times between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt here. So I actually like Baker. He's going to have to throw for some volume today. Um, and, And if I like Baker, I have to love Jarvis Landry. He's coming off the monster game last week. I still think you have to temper expectations with Jarvis Landry's weekly upside. Uh, Cause we've seen this before where he's got these monster games. Then he'll come out the next week and have like a three catch game, but he's going to get the passing volume from Baker Mayfield. So I, I think Jarvis Landry is the one receiver that I'd be willing to put in my lineup. I don't trust Rashard Higgins at all. Uh, he did. Baker had that awful pass last week where Rashard Higgins was wide open in the end zone. And then Baker just threw it like 10 yards over his head. Um, uh, so, so that's that's a tough break for Richard Higgins, but you just can't trust him. Austin Hooper can be in your lineup. This is actually a really good matchup. The Titans are bottom 10 against opposing tight ends. Nick Chubb's absolutely incredible. He goes into your lineup without question. He's an RB1 each and every week, and this is, again, a favorable matchup. Kareem Hunt, still a weekly starter, even with Chubb in your lineup. Um, they got to put up points. And so Chubb and Kareem Hunt are their two best playmakers on offense. Those guys are going to have to be heavily involved today. Derrick Henry doesn't need much much explanation. Obviously, you put him in your lineup. I actually really like Ryan Tannehill, too. This is a good spot for him. Uh, The Browns' secondary just is not good. They're still dealing with a bunch of injuries. Their only viable cornerback, really, Denzel Ward, is not going to play in this game. So that's bad news for the Cleveland Browns because they're going up against A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown is absolutely unbelievable. We we see what he does each and every week. AJ Brown goes in your lineup without even questioning it. And Corey Davis still getting plenty of volume. He's still been productive enough to be in your lineup each and every week. Johnny Smith is not going to play this week, so do not put him in your lineup. But Corey Davis is a guy that uh, I'm actually putting into multiple DraftKings lineups. I think Corey Davis is in a very nice spot here. The Miami Dolphin Dolphin or the Cincinnati Bengals at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so it seemed like Tua Tagovailoa was not going to play, but then his agent Lee Steinberg tweeted out that oh, I'm on my way to Miami to watch Tua play or something. So now people are speculating that maybe he is going to play and it's not going to be Fitzmagic, which is kind of a bummer. As much as I like Tua and I, I want to see Tua get better and continue to progress because I like him as a prospect. It just doesn't mean good things for Miami's offensive weapons when Tua gets the start. So now you kind of have to take it up to game time because I'm going to downgrade everybody if Tua gets a start over Fitzmagic. I like Fitzmagic more because you know he's going to sling the football. And that means that Devontae Parker has a lot more upside. Mike Jasicki has a lot more upside. And so 
it's a tough situation. You got to monitor that as we get closer to game time. Uh, it, it's frustrating. I would put Fitzmagic in if he's good to go here. Uh, I do not trust Tua, though. We just haven't seen enough fantasy production from him for, for me to put him in my lineup on a weekly basis. Uh, Devontae Parker it is a decent matchup for him. He, he had the big game last week. I think I'd still put Devontae Parker in my lineup despite who the quarterback is. And Mike Jusicki, I mean, tight, tight end's so terrible that... He's gonna see an, he's gonna see some looks, I think. Uh, but it is a lot better for him if Ryan Fitzpatrick is in the lineup. Uh, Miles Gaskin is set to return from IR this week. That's huge if you're a Miles Gaskin owner like me, trying to vie for a playoff spot because he was their number one running back prior to injury. Uh, he should step right back into that role today against a very bad Bengals run defense. It's a really good matchup for Miles Gaskin. If he got dropped in your league and Miles Gaskin's still sitting out there on your waiver wire. Go at him right now because he's a plug-and-play starter this week. Um, I hate Giovanni Bernard, who led the way last week for the Bengals, uh, but they didn't run, and their game scripts are going to suck from here on out without Joe Burrow. So I, I, I think Gio's a guy. The, the the Dolphins are middle of the pack. He's a guy that you can put in your lineup if you're desperate, but I think there's a lot more upside guys. Like I would much rather put Miles Gaskin in my lineup than Giovanni Bernard because uh, his, his points and touches have just gone down each and every week since he's become the starter with Joe Mixon out. Uh, Tyler Boyd worries me because the Dolphins secondary has been very strong, uh, but Tyler Boyd coming out of the slot does have a much better matchup than T Higgins, who's likely going to be on Xavier Howard, who's been absolutely shut down. I don't trust Brandon Allen. Makes it hard to trust T Higgins. I think Tyler Boyd is in a better spot if you're going to have to play one of those guys. Storm warnings with Steve. Should be a nice day across the NFL. Maybe some overcast skies, but no like rain or wind or anything that we got to seriously worry about. So should be a nice day of uh, week 13 NFL action as we try to clinch our fantasy playoff spots. Space Garage Burger and Beer text line 913-576-7610. Text in your lineup questions. I will answer those all throughout the show. We got to hit a quick timeout, but when we get back, our goal line go to the week. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. Smitty's Garage Burger and Beer text line 913-576-7610. Text in your lineup questions. I'll get those answered all throughout the show. Adam Schefter Reporting Steelers running back James Conner is eligible to come off the reserve COVID list on Monday, but he's still considered unlikely to play against the Washington football team. It's looking like another week of Benny Snell. So Benny Snell's out there on your waiver wire. Go ahead and go add him. He is uh, he's worth the play. Washington's defense is a lot tougher than a lot of you realize, but uh, he's going to get all the volume if uh, James Conner's not good to go. So get Benny Snell into your lineup. He's probably available in a lot of leagues. Um, our guy from the drive, Rob Breton, coming up today from 10 to 12. And then our uh, Chiefs Radio Network coverage starts right here on 610 Sports Radio today, starting at 4 o'clock. So you're going to want to be locked into 610 all day long. We've got you covered uh, on the NFL better than any other station in Kansas City. Go, Ryan, go. 
Devontae Booker gets a start this week for an injured Josh Jacobs. Uh, he'll likely see a large workload against a decent, decent Jets run defense, but you can still he can still put up points. Uh, it's the Jets. We're, we're, we're not too concerned about the Jets, and we're not going to overanalyze the matchup too much. Uh, Devontae Booker has actually been pretty good this year when he's gotten some volume for the Raiders, uh, and he's going to step right into that full workload that you see Josh Jacobs get each and every week. Devontae Booker is going to be a strong start this week. Loud wrong. Derek Carr, on the other hand, sucked last week after I, uh, you know, after I told you you could put him into your lineup with confidence and I, I thought that he was going to be a, a fantasy asset here moving forward. He was absolutely terrible and did nothing for your fantasy team. He got me zero points in one league, probably got you negative points in a lot of other leagues. He was absolutely awful. And the Raiders were absolutely awful. So that one's on me. I'll take the blame for that. He does have an opportunity this week, though. He's got another good matchup. I mean, it's it's the Jets. Uh, everybody, like, the, the floor for the Jets is two touchdown passes. Like, everybody throws at least two touchdown passes against the Jets. So, he does have an opportunity. I'm probably going to start him in another league this week because I don't have a choice. All birds. I absolutely love Ryan Tannehill this week. I already told you he's got an incredible matchup against the Cleveland Browns. Their secondary is in shambles. No Denzel Ward. And outside of Denzel Ward, it was already terrible to begin with. So I love Ryan Tannehill this week. I think he's got a ton of upside. Devontae Booker is about the best value you can get in a daily lineup right now. He's going to get all the volume with no Josh Jacobs. So Devontae Booker's in multiple lineups for me today. Miles Sanders. Also going to bounce back this week. I think he's got an opportunity to produce. He hasn't done much since coming back from injury. Boston Scott's been way too involved and he keeps vulturing touchdowns. It's super frustrating. I think he's in a nice bounce back spot this week. Uh, absolutely love AJ Brown. If I got Ryan Tannehill in my lineup, I want to stack him with AJ Brown everywhere I can. He's an absolute stud. DJ Chark makes his return from injury. Got a very nice matchup against a terrible Minnesota Vikings secondary. I like DJ Chark, even with Mike Glennon is the starting quarterback. Cooper Cup should see a ton of volume today. He's got a really good matchup. Um, I, I think Cooper Cup's a guy you need to get into multiple lineups. Austin Hooper. I already told you Tennessee Titans are not good against opposing tight ends. I like Austin Hooper a lot this week. I know he was a letdown last week. He had, he had a good matchup last week and didn't do much with it. I think he can bounce back here. And I absolutely love Chris Carson. I, I think people are, are sleeping on Chris Carson because Carlos Hyde saw way more carries than Carson last week. Carson did get a touchdown, though. It was just the Seahawks working him back in. Chris Carson scored double-digit fantasy points in every game that he's been in this year that he hasn't left because of injury. So Chris Carson is a guy that has to go into your lineup on a weekly basis. I absolutely love Chris Carson today. Let's get back to some matchups. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Minnesota Vikings. Keelan Cole might be the top option here outside of DJ Chark and the Vikings secondary is absolute trash. I think that DJ Chark needs to be in your lineups today. He, he is banged up, but he's a clear top wide receiver. Uh, so I have to imagine he's got a chance to catch a long one in this one against the Vikings secondary. I still like DJ Chark. I think he's in a good spot here. Keelan Cole has been the guy when DJ Chark is down or hurt or whatever outside of DJ Chark, Keelan Cole is the guy. So Keelan Cole's got another opportunity here too. He's a, uh, he's an intriguing dart throw in your daily lineups. Uh, James Robinson in your lineup each and every week without question. Uh, he's been a, a fantasy revelation this year. James Robinson's absolutely fantastic. 
Uh, Mike Glennon is not a start for me, even against this Viking secondary. I don't trust Mike Glennon whatsoever. Uh, the Jacks defense is awful, but Dalvin Cook is a little banged up. I mean, he's clearly wearing down so much so that Mike Zimmer brought it up like multiple times this week. I was like, stop talking about it, Mike. You're making me think there's something wrong with him. Uh, you still have to put Dalvin Cook in your lineup. And as a matter of fact, Alexander Madison, who I thought you were going to be able to put in this matchup, had an appendectomy, I guess. And so he is not available this week. So his backup running back, Alexander Madison, is not good to go. So Dalvin Cook should be in a very nice matchup here. It's a He should be a very strong play against a bad Jaguars run defense. So get Dalvin Cook in your lineup, obviously. I love Kirk Cousins. I told you earlier this week, Kirk has scored more fantasy points than Russell Wilson over the last month. Kirk Cousins has multiple 300-yard games. He's got multiple passing touchdowns in three straight games. He's been fantastic. And a lot of that has to do with the development of Justin Jefferson, who's been absolutely unreal. Justin Jefferson is having an incredible rookie season, caught two touchdowns last week. I love Justin Jefferson this week. Uh, wide receivers have been torching this Jaguars defense. You can score on them with ease. Uh, Adam Thielen's expected to be back. That only helps Justin Jefferson. I like Adam Thielen. I love Justin Jefferson. Uh, never start Kyle Rudolph. I don't care if it's the best matchup for opposing tight ends in the NFL. The Raiders at the Jets. Josh Jacobs is out this week. I already told you that. So I hope you added Devontae Booker like you should have earlier this week. Uh, the Jets defense has been strong against the run, but part of it is because they're so bad against the pass that, you know, teams just don't have to run on them because you can pass all over them and it doesn't take that much effort to pass all over them. But uh, Booker has looked good when he's gotten the opportunity so far this year. Really, it's the best he's ever looked in his career. So uh, Devontae Booker is still an add and play for me if he is available in your leagues. Uh, Derek Carr has been awful outside of that Chiefs game, but I, I don't understand how you show up to play against the Chiefs and then you get just absolutely demolished by the Falcons last week. I understand the Falcons defense has been playing better, but Derek Carr, what the hell was that, man? What What happened there? I do still like him here, though, as I already mentioned. It's the, the the floor against the Jets secondary is basically two passing touchdowns. And, and so Derek Carr is a guy that even coming off the awful game, uh, he's a guy that you could take a look at here. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is the only wide receiver in this offense who makes plays when he gets the volume, uh, but he's banged up. So if he doesn't go, Ruggs and Renfro are deep dart throws, and they're guys that there's going to be opportunities for them to score here because it's just that easy to score on the Jets secondary. Absolutely love Darren Waller. I mean, he's coming off the bad game as well, but that's not his fault. That's Derek Carr's fault for being so awful last week. Uh, Darren Waller still goes into your lineup on a weekly basis. Uh, I'm not playing Sam Darnold, even in a good matchup against the bad, against the bad secondary. Uh, he's only got three passing touchdowns on the year. Three. Uh, this offense looked better with Joe Flacco, but uh, Jamison Crowder is in play here because Raiders are bad against opposing wide receivers. Uh, Denzel Mims has gotten more and more work. He hasn't had a breakout yet, but he's getting the target. So no matter, and he's getting the targets no matter who the quarterback is, whether it was Joe Flacco or whether it was Sam Darnold. They're going out of their way to try to get Denzel Mims involved in the offense. Uh, Brashad Perriman's been really good. He's an option this week. Uh, I am actually, I'm putting Denzel Mims in a couple of my lineups. I, I'm taking a chance. I feel like he's got a breakout game coming. He's just got to find the end zone. Uh, Frank Gore could be in play just because there's no one else in that backfield. The Jets literally don't have another running back, so he's going to get volume. He got plenty of volume last week, but his volume is like, you know, 15 touches, 49 yards, and maybe he stumbles into the end zone if you're lucky. So 
You could put Frank Gore into lineup if you're absolutely desperate, but you just got to know there's no upside there. It's it's he's got to find the end zone to to be worth putting into your lineup at all. Uh, need a quick timeout, but when we get back, joined by SI.com's Ben Heisler. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. I am Steven Serta, joined by our good friend from SI.com, fantasy and gambling expert. Follow him on Twitter at Benny Heis. Heisler. What's good? Deshaun Watson doesn't have Will Fuller anymore, and he's got a bad fantasy playoff schedule. Should you cut him? <laughs> this is how we're going to start off the show today. Should you cut Deshaun Watson? The most 2020 fantasy-related question of all time. No, don't cut him. He's magical, but I would not expect the same type of results that you've gotten the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm not dropping him or anything, but uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think... You, he should just necessarily be a a pl- plug and play guy each and every week. He is kind of a uh, you know you want to see what he's going to do today without Will Fuller because Will Fuller was having a really nice season and now it's just Brandon Cooks and Kiki Cutie. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfectly logical take. I would also mention that he's done a good job of, of finding guys like Jordan Akins in the middle of the of the end zone. He's looked their way several times. Like he still has some options, and the reality is that Will Fuller wasn't always the most reliable option week to week anyway. I mean, if you go ahead and look at Watson over the course of the season, he's once again another quarterback one. He's top five over the course of really the last several weeks. And so, yeah, it's a tougher matchup against the Colts, but the last few weeks they've been shredded. So I think Watson becomes certainly playoff viable you just have to look at the schedule and determine whether or not him or your backup quarterback have the better matchup and that's okay that's what we do in the fantasy playoffs regardless you're looking at matchups you've been getting to this point for the last several weeks anyway trying to determine if the guys on my team are in advantageous setups for the fantasy playoffs through weeks 14 and 16 so you, you treat him like everybody else and i think based on that it's okay just just look and see what he's able to do and you know, the fact that he's 24 touchdowns, only five interceptions on the season. What's pretty remarkable, Serta, is that he has those 24 touchdowns. He had 26 touchdowns the last two years. Now, the difference is that he had five more on the ground last season. Uh, but he's averaging more fantasy points per game than he has since 2017 in his rookie season. Uh, so this is somebody that is still very fantasy viable, and it wasn't all just because of Will Fuller. Well, and so I'm curious how you're projecting Brandon Cooks then, because you know you'd expect Brandon Cooks, who is having a, a nice season. He started out kind of slow, but he's been producing lately. But you would expect him to be the clear top target in this offense. Yes, I, I he is, but at the same time, um, you know, Cooks is somebody that is always going to be a better play when he's no longer the number one option. Now, the last two weeks, he's had a total of 10 targets, but he's maximized those opportunities. You know, two weeks ago against the Patriots, he's averaged more than 21 yards per reception. He had the same amount of, of yards versus the Patriots as he did the Lions. He had 85 in those games. And he also hasn't scored a touchdown since the beginning of uh, November when he went for three for 83 against Jacksonville. The thing about Cooks is that with the exception of really a couple games this year, the first game against Jacksonville where he had eight catches for 161 yards and a touchdown, uh, and then the following week against Tennessee where he went nine of 68 for a touchdown, is that this is somebody that is still a big play receiver. 
he hasn't seen you know an insane amount of receptions on a per game basis, with the exception of a couple games all throughout this season. So I, I think Cooks is still going to be that guy. I just don't think it's going to be with the same type of advantageous matchups that we've seen before. So I, I just don't think the projections on him are really going to change. He can still beat you know his opponent in single coverage down the sidelines, and Watson can likely find him. I just think it's going to be a little bit more spread out. I just don't think the receptions are going to be where they probably need to be on a consistency level. Something that we discussed last week about Saints running back Alvin Kamara, who quietly played on less than 50% of the snaps two weeks ago. I mentioned if it was time to pivot to Latavius Murray because that game with Taysom Hill as quarterback just felt like it had Latavius Murray game written all over it. Latavius Murray has over 100 yards, two touchdowns last week. Alvin Kamara not really involved in the offense, not getting any of the downfield passes that he was getting with Drew Brees at quarterback. What are you supposed to do with the Saints backfield? I think based off the matchup and considering that the Falcons have had issues stopping the run over the course of the year, uh, I'm not going away completely from Kamara just yet. Now, you know, I, I think if you're looking at him as a daily fantasy option, I, I think he has a chance to be a great leverage play today at only $7,000. But if you're talking about season long and you have some, some actual studs that you know, you know, regardless of game script, are going to get involved in the offense, then, yeah, you can make a logistical argument that Kamara is no longer in play. But, uh, yeah, the, the snap count is down, but he still has seen you know, at least 11 rushing attempts in the last two weeks. Uh, and I also think that the Saints are starting to come to the realization that they are a better offense with more Alvin Kamara as opposed to less Alvin Kamara. You know, Latavius Murray, based on the situation against Dan- Denver, made all the sense in the world. It was a team that had no sort of offensive production with Murray that could be able to, to take some more pressure off of Taysom Hill. Uh, the second half, they really didn't need Kamara in that game. And conversely, in the game against Atlanta, the, the previous week, you know, he had 12 rushes for 49 yards, similar numbers to that of Kamara, also caught, caught a couple passes for 36 yards as well. I, I think this is going to be a closer game. I, I think the Falcons, having just played the Saints, having a better opportunity to get some film on Taysom Hill. And remember the Falcons' defense, too, sort of. Since Raheem Morris has taken over, they've been substantially better, um, with the exception of really one game, uh, and that was just, you know, you're, you're taking about you know, that loss to Detroit at the end. Um, but they, they really haven't done a bad job. You know, the most points that they've given up throughout that span was 27 against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago. So they're, they're an improved defense substantially, and I think it's going to be a closer game coming up against the Saints. They just couldn't get anything going on offense last time, uh, and they've now seen what Taysom Hill has provided, and I think you're going to have it a little, be a little bit more back and forth. So I, I do think this is an opportunity for Kamara to get right, but I also understand why people may not trust him at this point. And it is worth noting in that first matchup, that was the game where Julio Jones re-injured his hamstring. He left right. for most of the game, and then... When it was a close game in the fourth quarter, he came back in and had like a couple of catches, but he was clearly hurt and limping around. And the Falcons' offense just isn't as good when Julio Jones isn't healthy. I, I do think you still have to put Alvin Kamara in your lineup, obviously. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in all of football. But I do think there's something to the idea that, one, Sean Payton gets enjoyment out of ruining your fantasy lineups. But I also think that he just does not care about that stuff at all. 
as long as he's finding ways to win games with Taysom Hill, he doesn't care how they do it on offense. That's that's reasonable because, you know, at least in the second half of those games, you know, he's been fine and he's been exactly what they've needed him to be. Um, he still has rushed the same amount of times over the last couple of weeks. He's had 10 rushes over those games, multiple rushing touchdowns. Um, I, I, you know, somebody suggested that this was an opportunity um, for, for Sean Payton to just prove everybody wrong about him and to take on a new challenge that he really hasn't had in several years. And to be honest, it's it, kind of working to their advantage. I, I do think at some point uh, it'll come back to bite him because just you get enough film on a guy and when he's not necessarily a threat downfield with his arm, I think there's only so much you can do. But for now, it seems to be working and he seems to be okay with it. Washington football team rookie running back Antonio Gibson is coming off of the monster game against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. This week he's going up against a very tough Steelers run defense. Do you trust Antonio Gibson in your lineup this week? Yeah, because I've also been okay with the consistency and volume that he's received, regardless of, of who they're playing. Um, you know, the, the, the last few weeks, 13 rushing attempts, 16, then 20, it's consistently gone up. Um, he had a 20 rushing attempt performance game, and you've also seen an uptick in targets in the passing game as well, which has seen J.D. McKissick, uh, who at one point was a, a PPR darling in that offense, and at one point, sort of, um, J.D. McKissick had had 29 targets over a two-game span, um, and that number has gone substantially down with the emergence um, of Antonio Gibson. So I, I trust him. I, I think they want him as sort of that feature back. McKissick brings another role to that offense. But um, listen, even if they get down big to Pittsburgh, which I don't think they will, I think they'll play them competitively considering that the Steelers are playing their second game in five days coming off of that Wednesday afternoon performance. Uh, I, I think they're going to use Antonio Gibson quite a bit, whether it be as a runner, whether it be as a receiver. Um, they, they know that he's an integral part of their offense, sort of like the, the James Robinson effect over in Jacksonville. They're not in a lot of games, but they're still using Robinson on a really effective level, and I think you're going to start to see more of that with Antonio Gibson. So, yes, I would start him today. And before we get out of here, I want to ask you about two different backfields. The Baltimore Ravens, before the whole COVID outbreak, J.K. Dobbins led the team in touches. He looked like he was going to be the number one running back. Is it safe to put Dobbins in your lineup for the Baltimore Ravens this week? And the Colts get Jonathan Taylor back. Who are you trusting in the Indianapolis Colts backfield? I still am looking at Hines as the more reliable, consistent back when it comes to Indianapolis, just because I know that there will always be decent involvement in the passing game as well. Remember, Naeem Hines has had no less than three targets in a game. Um, you have to go all the way back to to the September 20th game when they won 28-11 over the Minnesota Vikings where he only saw one target. The last couple of weeks had 10 targets, eight receptions for 66 yards. They, they like to use him in that role. Uh, the difference, though, is that the, the matchup might speak a little bit better for Jonathan Taylor, especially with how bad Houston's run defense has been. Um, I, I just know that there's always going to be an opportunity for Hines, and so while I think Taylor might have the best matchup because of how they use him in the system, the guy that I still trust the most remains Naheem Hines. As for Baltimore, that, that does make it a little bit more complex. Um, you know, maybe they want to reward Gus Edwards for being the one running back that was consistently healthy 
uh, as opposed to Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. But I think especially with the Ravens' playoff schedule coming down the stretch and the way in which they have been using Dobbins over the last few weeks, I think he still remains the main back, but not necessarily the premium featured back. So I'd have a little bit of hesitation starting any Baltimore running back, any running back at this point, but I think if you need one out of the three, I'd still probably lean towards J.K. Dobbins because he's the one that can do the most for them and also had seen the higher snap count and more of the opportunities over the last few weeks. Are you putting your boy Mitch Trubisky in your lineups this week? Am I starting him in season long? No. No, if, if you're at that point, then then it's been a really rough year for you. But is he viable in daily this week? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm, you've heard the numbers, sir. He has owned the Detroit Lions over the course of his career. He's thrown 13 touchdowns in, in the last four games against them. I, I, I pulled a stat together that indicated that over 2020, the worst defense against quarterbacks and giving up DraftKings points this season has been the Seattle Seahawks, giving up roughly more than 27 DraftKings points on a per-game basis to the quarterback position. In the last four games against the Detroit Lions, Mitchell Trubisky has averaged 28-plus fantasy points on DraftKings against the Lions, which is an indication that he has more DraftKings points against the Lions on a per-game basis than Seattle, who has been worst in the NFL at the quarterback position this year, the amount of points that they have given up. So it's real, it's spectacular, and it's whether or not you believe that the Bears has a, whether or not that Bears offense has a chance to be fixed. Going back to Trubisky against a bad defense that sits in man to man the entire game, I don't think that's going to change just because Matt Patricia is gone. So I, I do think Trubisky is viable and. Uh, listen, it's not as if he's coming back to Chicago so he can play and just do whatever the hell he wants, chuck it around and throw some red zone targets to Allen Robinson and put up some solid fantasy numbers today. So, yes, even Mitchell Trubisky is fantasy viable today, and that's not saying much. You heard it right here. Go put Mitch Trubisky in your daily lineups right now. Follow him on Twitter at Benny Heist. Check out all of his fantastic work at SI.com. Heisler, let's go get into the playoffs. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, sir. Yep. Over the top. Justin Jefferson is having an absolutely incredible rookie year, and he gets the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. I told you earlier, Kirk Cousins has been a better fantasy quarterback than Russell Wilson has over the last month. That has a chance to continue this week against Jacksonville. I absolutely love Justin Jefferson today. Uh, when he gets volume, he produces. Every time that has happened this season, Justin Jefferson has had monster games. I believe that will absolutely happen this week. Coming up next, we're going to get a little sports horny with our top off player of the week. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. I'm Steven Serta. You can follow me on Twitter at Steven Serta. You can also follow the station and everything that we do at 610 Sports KC. Uh, my guy from the drive, Rob Breton, coming up. He's got you covered from 10 to 2. Our uh, Chiefs coverage begins today at 4 o'clock as they've got the Denver Broncos on Sunday night football this evening. Still got a lot of matchups to get to, but before we do... My top off player of the week. Top off player of the week. Hopefully it's going to be J.K. Dobbins come Tuesday evening. I know Tuesday's far away. 
We got Tuesday football. We got Wednesday football. It's getting hard to keep track of all these games. Uh, But J.K. Dobbins, last time we saw him, it looked like there was a turn where the Ravens finally admitted that the rookie running back was the most talented running back on their roster. He outtouched Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram significantly. He's off the COVID list. He's ready to go. He gets a matchup against the Cowboys who just got shredded by Antonio Gibson. They've been shredded by Antonio Gibson twice this year. J.K. Dobbins is in my lineup this week. I'm taking a chance. Please don't screw me over, Baltimore. Just give the man the ball. He's clearly the best running back on the team. Still got a bunch of matchups to get to. We're here for about 10 more minutes. Space Garage Burger Rear text line 913-576-7610. Text in your lineup questions. I'll try to get to those before we get out of here. The Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. <clears throat> Phil has a chance to produce here. The uh, Texans secondary is missing two starters now, and, and, it, and it wasn't good when those guys were playing. I, I don't trust the pass catchers, but T.Y. Hilton has finally shown some life recently, and the secondary is so bad, he could be a deep dart throw. Michael Pittman was a huge letdown last week, but the Texans secondary again is terrible, and he still got nine targets last week. I have to think that his breakout game is coming. Uh, Michael Pittman, obviously the most talented wide receiver the Colts have right now. Uh, I'd still take a chance on him. Uh, Trey Burton seems to be taking over as the top tight end here, and the Texans give up points to tight end, so Trey Burton's an intriguing play. And the Texans have given up the most rushing yards to opposing running backs this year. Jonathan Taylor makes his return for the Colts. I think you can play him here, uh, but that makes Jordan Wilkins unplayable with Jonathan Taylor back. Neheim Hines going to be involved in the passing game. He seems to have an established role, so he could be a guy that you put in your lineup this week as well, Uh, but I don't love it. Uh, David Johnson could be back here. It's a terrible matchup if DeForest Buckner is back, and it sounds like he will be. The Colts' run defense is very strong when DeForest Buckner is in the lineup. Uh, We saw what the Titans did to them last week, but that was without DeForest Buckner, who is playing at an all-pro level. It was very, very important to that defense. Uh, Brandon Cooks has a chance to get all kinds of volume with no Will Fuller here. It is a tough matchup, but the Colts' secondary has been struggling as of late. So I do still like cooks. Deshaun has been playing on another level. So I'm still playing Deshaun Watson, even without Will Fuller. Kiki cutie is going to be uh, one of the most popular waiver wire ads this week. And he should be because he'll be heavily involved in the passing offense, but I'd like to see it play out first before I just put him into my lineup. The Colts are great against tight ends. So I don't want to take a chance on Jordan Akins or Darren fells this week. Uh, the Rams at Cardinals. I'm just avoiding all Rams running backs moving forward. I, I, I guess Cam Akers is the guy you want because uh, he could possibly pre- present some upside, but they're in a complete three-way split and it's depleting the value of each running back. Um, you know, I, I'm in a league where I've got some buys this week. I've got some injuries. I've got Daryl Henderson and I'm putting Giovanni Bernard in instead of Daryl Henderson because while I don't think Giovanni Bernard presents more talent or more upside, I at least know that he's getting guaranteed touches that I'm not sure Daryl Henderson is going to get on a weekly basis, and that's how you feel about all of those Rams running backs. Uh, Jared Goff did absolutely nothing last week because as soon as you feel comfortable with Jared Goff in your lineup, he gives you a big fat nothing. Uh, this should be a high volume game where they need to put up points. So, and Jared Goff has had a lot of success against the Cardinals throughout his career. 
Uh, it's just one of those weird kind of divisional stats, but Jared Goff has really put up some numbers against the Cardinals over the last couple of years. Uh, so I, I do like Robert Woods. I really like Cooper Cup here. Cooper Cup still seeing a ton of volume, although he did have a, a letdown game last week. Uh, the Cardinals secondary really struggles against opposing slot wide receivers. So I think Cup is in a good spot. Uh, Josh Reynolds is a deep dart throw. Kyler Murray's been struggling since injuring his shoulder a few weeks ago, and the Rams are the top defense in the NFL against opposing fantasy quarterbacks. They've allowed the fewest opposing passing touchdowns all year. Uh, Murray still has that rushing floor, but it's an absolutely brutal matchup. Uh, This is a week where, you know, you generally just put Kyler Murray in your lineup and forget about it. Uh, But this is a week where I would consider, you know, pivoting to uh, one of those other spot start guys because it is just an absolutely terrible matchup. Uh, But, you know, if you don't have anybody better, I'm I'm still going to play him. I'm still going to fire up that guy. Uh, Hopkins has struggled lately. He's going to see Jalen Ramsey all day. Uh, The Rams secondary has been fantastic all year. So I don't love DeAndre Hopkins, but he's still going to get the looks. He's still going to get the volume. So, uh, but uh, aside from that Hail Mary a couple of weeks ago, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't been that great for your fantasy team. I I think you still got to put him in and and you still have to put him in because you can't trust any other uh, Cardinals pass catcher. Christian Kirk is on the bench. He hasn't been involved at all and he's super inconsistent. Kenyon Drake is in my lineup, but the Rams run defense has also been fantastic. Uh, you're basically just hoping for a, a, a touchdown upside play with Kenyon Drake. Chase Edmonds doesn't even belong on your roster at this point. He's just not involved when Kenyon Drake is in the lineup. Uh, the Giants at the Seahawks. Daniel Jones likely out here, so Colt McCoy is going to get the start. Uh, Seahawks have been much better on defense over the last few weeks, so if McCoy is out there, I, I'm not going to start a single Giants pass catcher. Uh, Wayne Gallman has been great, though. He's got a touchdown in five straight games. Uh, Obviously, that's going to come back to earth at some point. And and the Seahawks run defense is actually really good. Uh, But they're just not going to be able to do anything in this game. And he's going to get the volume. So he could still be in your lineup. Uh, Chris Carson got eased back in for the Seahawks last week. He'll get more work this week, I have to believe. So he's still in my lineup. Uh, They've been torched by pass catching back. So uh, I'm not worried about Carlos Hyde whatsoever. DK, of course, in your lineup, even though he's going to see James Bradbury. Uh, it's a great matchup, but uh, it's not a great matchup, but DK is unbenchable. Tyler Lockett, outside of that 200-yard, three-touchdown game, has been pretty awful, uh, but he still has such a high ceiling, and we saw it with that 200-yard, three-touchdown game that you got to start in most weeks. Uh, the Seahawks seem to be returning to form, to their old form, which means running a lot and not throwing the football with Russell Wilson as much, which sucks, but you still got to put Russell in your weekly lineup. The Eagles at the Packers. The Packers run defense is awful. That makes Miles Sanders a must start. Uh, David Montgomery, despite only rushing the ball 11 times last week, had over 100 yards and absolutely destroyed the Packers run defense. It's a terrible defense, but Boston Scott is a sneaky play here. He's been getting more and more work because Sanders was banged up. Now that he's back, Boston Scott's still too involved in the offense. It really sucks if you're Sanders owners, Uh, but, but I think Sanders is going to bounce back here. It is such a good matchup. You could put Boston Scott in your lineup if you're absolutely desperate. Uh, Zach Ertz sounds like it's going to be back here. That makes me want to avoid Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Uh, and, and just, you know, you want to avoid the Eagles offense in general. It's not a good matchup for their wide receivers. Jair Alexander is absolute stud. So I can't trust Jalen Rieger or Alshon Jeffrey or any of those Eagles pass catchers. And I'm not going near Carson Wentz. I know he's due for a bounce back, but he's just been so awful. I, I'm not putting him in my lineup for the Packers. 
Aaron Rodgers, obviously in your lineup. Aaron Jones is in play along with Jamal Williams, despite a tough matchup, but both of them are fantasy relevant. Jamal Williams continues to be heavily involved. Devontae Adams, obviously a start without question. Alan Lazard could be in for a good one here as well. Uh, Slay is going to be on Devontae Adams all, all day. And the rest of the Eagles secondary is not very good. And even, even Darius Slade just got torched by DK Metcalf last week. So Devontae Adams, obviously in your lineup, but I think you can play Alan Lazard if you feel like you need to, uh, the chiefs at Broncos or Broncos at chiefs other way around. Uh, Drew lock doesn't belong on any fantasy roster at all. He's been absolutely terrible this season. He's not putting up points. He is ruining the rookie season of Jerry Judy, who is also very banged up, but he's expected to go here. I don't think you can start either one of those guys. Uh, Noah Fant is in play, but the Chiefs are actually really good against tight ends over the last few weeks. So he's still in play for me, but uh, you have to, you know, you have to manage your expectations, especially because Drew Luck just isn't very good. Uh, Phil Lindsay is a game time decision. I don't trust Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay. I'd rather just avoid them. For the Chiefs, you start Patrick Mahomes, you start Travis Kelsey, you start Tyreek Hill. Although the Broncos' pass defense has actually been a lot better than you probably realize, you're still putting all those guys into your lineup. Um, I don't. I think they could get Sammy involved a little bit more this week, but I don't want to put Sammy in my fantasy lineup. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, he is dealing with a sickness, and he's kind of like a game-time decision, but I would, I would imagine that he's going to be fine. I would imagine he's going to go here. Uh, the football team at the Steelers. You can't start Alex Smith here. Terry McLaurin's banged up, but he's still getting enough volume to be in your weekly lineup. So I think he's still got to put Terry in there. Uh, Antonio Gibson. It's an awful matchup against an incredible Steelers run defense, but Antonio Gibson's still in my lineup. He's been too good to bench. Uh, Washington pass defense is really good. You probably didn't realize it, but this is actually a really tough matchup for Ben and that cast of wide receivers. I'm still putting Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool in my lineup. Uh, Juju seems risky. Juju just isn't as reliable as those other guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Go out, win your matchup, get into the fantasy playoffs. One more week. We can do this. We, this is what we've been preparing for all season long. My guy, Rob Brenton coming up next. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.